Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. All right, here we are. I want you to do something before we get going this morning. You just got comfortable. You just sat down. Now you're just kind of, you know, getting in your seat. So I want you to stand up, everybody. Just stand up, you would. Because we're not going to be a church that's just full of spectators. We're going to be participators. So what I want you to do is I just want you to just take a second. and Everybody just kind of gaze around like, like eyeballs somebody else across the deal. Just look around. I want you to see the faces of the people in here. Look around. It's okay. You're not going to get in trouble. Nobody's going to attack you or anything. I just want you to look at the crowd of people we have. Everybody that's in here. We're all different ages, different sizes, different shapes, different, you know, whatever here. But we're all in here because of a reason. Amen. I hope you are because of we're wanting to feather our relationship with Jesus or come to know Jesus. Right. Right. Amen. So look one more time at everybody. You know, we got some young people. We got some old people. We got some hairy people. We got some non-hairy people. We got this is us, right? This is us, the body of believers. Okay. All right. Just look at the person beside you. Say, I don't know where he's going with this, and then you can sit down. Now, this is so true. I never. I I, I, I rejoice with with the with Maggie and what her announcement a while ago about the heartbeat bill, I rejoice with that. But on the other side of me, there's a flip side of me. I'm sad. I'm sad that we have to get a, a legislators together and have to have a whole, you know, um, uh, legislative session to tell people not to kill a baby. Drives me nuts, okay? And I'm, I'm glad we, we fight and we win and we rejoice with a victory, and that's all good, and it is good. I'm glad, praise God. But it's just like, you know, it's like telling a, telling a person to, that they keep coming back to the doctor with their hand burned and they say, what are you doing? They say, well, I keep sticking it in the fire. I just think it's going to work. And you just have to finally look at them and say, would you please quit sticking your hand in the fire? If you don't want your hand to be burned, don't stick your hand in the fire, you know? And, and, but people want the fire to change. Listen to me. People want the fire to change. They want, they want to be able to do it because they want to do it and they want it to work out okay. Right? They want to touch fire. They want to touch fire and hold on to it and touch it. And, oh, it just looks like it'd be so much fun. But they keep getting burned, so they go to the doctor. And they want the doctor to change it. They want everybody to change it. They want to do everything. And they're going to, you know, elect a president that's going to change it. Now we can put fire, hand in our fire and it's not going to burn. And if you get the, you know, the little thing I'm trying to say there, it's fire. It's called sin. Right? We want to stick our hand. They want to play. They want to do whatever they want to. They want to go against God's word, but they want it to work out okay. And folks, until we grow up and realize that there's consequences to sin, there's consequences to actions. I don't care who you are. And this is what's so crazy about it. Even if you aren't a Christian, there's still consequences for sin. Because sin never has any productive value in life. No matter what you do, you want to you wanna be a murderer. You're going to get caught and sent to prison. And if it's whatever the offense is, you could get, go to the, to the, to the, uh, I was going to say be hung, but that don't, don't hang anymore. So anyway, you know, but you, you follow what I'm saying, right? And there's consequences for your actions. But they want to take the world and they want to take the world right now and they want to form it and say we can go do what we want to do just because we think we should be able to go do it. I'm so proud of y'all that have been reading the plan because if you did that, you have finished the Gospels. 
And you may not have ever read the Bible before, but you have read the Gospels. You have finished reading the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. Now we're headed into the book of Acts. I'm proud of you for doing that. I pray that y'all are doing that with your family, staying with it and being on top of it. If you aren't, then I hope you're convicted right now. I do. I hope you're miserable. Because you want to go read the Word, because you're not reading the Word. Because I'm telling you, if you're not reading the Word in this day and age, man, you're crazy. You are insane. You are walking a tightrope that is being shaken in the wind. All right? Um, So anyway, I preached a message Wednesday night, and I called it My Choice, or something of that nature. And... uh, and then so I, I can't get off of it. I just keep, I just, I, I, got, I twisted it and turned it all around and I want to preach it this morning and call it something else here in a minute when I figure out what it is. But uh, every one of you, okay, you should, I had y'all stand up and I had you look at each other because I, I want you to understand, folks, we're not, this is not a club, okay? That's why we don't have like some kind of official membership here at Living Waters Church because I've always believed, I believe the Lord spoke to me a long time ago that this church was not to be a corral. In other words, I got people and I corralled them in and put gates around them in a you know, fence. It was a water hole. People could come in here and freely drink of the Spirit of God. And if, that, if you then drank for a while and then you moved on, so be it. If you wanted to stay around this water hole and drink from this water hole, all you got to do is tell me, Pastor, we're here. We're locked in. We want to be a part of the church. This is our home. And then you're in. Okay, But we're not a club. We're not a clique. This is serious business. Folks, listen to me. I cannot stress enough how serious the times are right now. That we are in a time and a period of life that there is absolute craziness going on in the world. There is, there is, there is a delusions. There is demonic spirits. There is uh, every lying devil in hell has crawled up out of the pit and is flying around whispering in people's ears and trying to get people sidetracked. There is distractions in the world. There are, are, are things going on that is, and it's all focused for one thing, whether you realize it or not, it's all focused for one thing, is to, is to try to hurt humanity as much as it possibly can. You got to understand, the devil hates you. The day you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, from that day on, the devil hates you. He hates you. He wants you to suffer. He does, not, he does not want you to have a relationship with God. He does not want you to read your Bible. Look, if you want to irritate the devil, if you really want to like get mad, like, you, you know, I always wanted like, you know, like if there was a, you know, you go out there in the, the, the ring and have a few rounds with him, but you can't do that. But if you really want to hurt him, just go read your Bible. Just stop right now and say, look, I'm just going to read my Bible right now. I'm reading my Bible. I'm reading my Bible. Woo, drives him crazy. He can't stand it. Why? Because he's scared you're going to get a revelation from the word that then is going to change your life and you're going to be believing in, in God and trusting him and have your faith in him. And if you just want to irritate him, just read your Bible. If you want to irritate him, pray. If you want to irritate him, start quoting scripture. Because you see, then you're, you're, you're growing in Christ. You're headed in the right direction. But right now, the spirit that's on the world wants to take you away from that. It wants to draw you away. There's more delusions going on than has ever gone on before in life. All right? And it wants to do It's for a reason. It's for a purpose. All over the world. It's trying to shut the church down. Do you realize, folks, there is no, there's no, no force that we've ever seen in our lifetime like this that shuts the church down? Why? Think about it. Bars didn't shut down. I mean, they shut down, but I'm saying... That wasn't, they're back open. Churches are fighting to stay back open. But it shut the church down. 
Shut the word down. Why? Because the devil does not want the word of God to go out. Now, here, get your Bibles out. Go to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Here, we'll start here. The Apostle Paul said something so amazing right here that you have got to get hold of this morning. We can't just be mediocre Christians. We can't be Christians that stand around nowadays and say, well, at least I'm not as bad as they are. That's not going to do you any good. All right. I'm trying to teach y'all how to fight through this, how to, how to, how to not get deceived and not get sidetracked. This is what I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to teach the best fighting group I know. Amen. Romans 1.16, the apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ, what Jesus did for us, who Jesus is, his blood saving us, his blood redeeming us from our sins, his blood pouring down the cross, he being the, 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 the poor, his blood being poured out on the mercy seat so that we could walk in, in victory. He said, I'm not ashamed of that. You know why? He says, he says, you know why I'm not ashamed of that? Because it is the power, everybody say power. That word power right there is dudamus. It's the same word that they get dynamite from. It's an explosive power of God. They says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, this belief in Jesus, because it is the power of God to everyone who believes it. But it's only power to those that believe it. People say, well, I don't understand why God doesn't work. I don't understand why God doesn't do anything. Uh, you know, I don't say, well, maybe you're amongst a bunch of believers who are a bunch of Christians who aren't believers. Christianity only does you good if you're a believer in it and then put it to practice. I've told y'all this a million times. If there was the magic pixie dust I could throw on you, if I could, if you could just come up here and I'd throw some holy oil on you and everything went good in life and you never had a problem, I'd do it. But it doesn't work like that. The principle that Jesus gave us was that we are going to be people who walk by faith and not by sight. And you say, I know it's hard to do. It is because your sight wants to tell you everything that's going on. But I want to tell you something. Listen to me. The devil does not win. I've read the back of the book. I know what happens. The devil does not win. The devil cannot have victory over somebody unless somebody allows him to have victory over them. Hear me. Hear me now. Hear me good. Hear me good. He doesn't win. There's not, it's, there's not a contest going on right now between heaven and hell, and we don't know who's going to win, you know? It's like watching the Super Bowl. We're trying to see who's, what, oh, is it going to get in there? Oh, that was a bad call. That was a bad call. No, it's already over. We're simply having to put one foot in front of the other and walk through this world we live in, all right, as Christians who walk by faith and not by sight. So one of the things is I see happening to Christians right now is they're all getting distracted. They're all getting distracted with everything from everything. Listen, it happens to me. I am not pointing the finger at you and saying, oh, you're bad. No, as a pastor, I have to live what I preach. And I try very hard to live what I preach. And I, I, I do good sometimes. And sometimes I'm like you. I get looking and saying, what in the world? Right? 
And I get to thinking, oh, gosh, what do we need to be doing? What do we need to be doing? Oh, oh we need to be, you know, stack, stocking up on this or stocking up on that or, you know. And I'm so crazy because every time I get like that, I just go buy shells. I don't know what to do. I just buy shells, more shells. But that's about got me at the price of shells nowadays. About got me shut down. You know, I'm like, whoa, I better hear God on this one, you know. But anyway, uh, point is. I, 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 you know, I don't know. I can't sit here this morning and tell you, oh, you know, and you listen to the internet. Oh, the great reset's coming. Oh, the great claps are coming. Oh, this is that coming. Oh, this is happening over here. Oh, that's over here. And you try to figure all that out. And folks, I want to tell you something. You get discouraged. You get into a, just a, a delusion yourself. You get, you know, and folks, I'm going to tell you this morning, listen to me. This is what you've got to do. You've got to say, you know, I, I think I need to go learn more about Jesus. Because first of all, no offense. Everybody watching, no offense. I don't think any of us are smart enough to outsmart those sneaky little devils. Because just about the time we think we got it all figured out, well, then they pull something else. Okay? I mean, it's like, it's like playing cards and cheating. Okay? Now they're obviously just cheating, right? Blatantly open in front of us. And we're all saying, hey, you can't do that. You're cheating. And said, oh, yes, we can. We changed the rules. We get to cheat. Y'all can't, but we can. And we're like, that doesn't seem fair. Okay? So you're not going to outsmart them with your understanding and your wit. But you will outsmart them by walking by faith and not by sight and having the power of the gospel in your life and walking in a close, deep relationship with Jesus. Right now, you need to know who God is. You need to know what his power is. You need to know what the truth is. More than anything else in your life. More than having the great retirement plan, all this figured out. Because I'm going to tell you something. You can get all the great retirement plan figured out, and you get everything done. You get everything lined up and like that, and then they change the rules. But God. Everybody say, but God. So Paul says the power of God. Here you go. The power of God is you believing in the word. Y'all let me say it like that. Paraphrase it in Robert talk. The power is believing that the word's true. Okay? Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. Joshua 24, 15, they've entered into the promised land. They've had some, some, some land takeovers and got everything kind of lined up, and they're about this. And so Joshua's at the end of his age, and he's going to preach his last message, basically. And so he says in verse 20, I mean, chapter 24, verse 15, he says, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you'll serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in, the, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Okay, so you've got to get to the place in life that your faith and your belief is, look, I'm, sir, I'm, I'm a Christian and I'm going to serve Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Okay. You're set, you're grounded, doesn't make any difference. Okay, I just want to tell you all this. You may already know it, you may not. You may think I'm crazy. But you know, this, this uh, past week, the Pentagon finally released the UFO data. I don't know if y'all know that. Okay, they did. You watch what's going to happen. I will tell you this beforehand. It's going to come out, and you're going to find stuff about UFOs. You're going to find stuff about alien races. You're going to find stuff coming in all over this thing about that this is what really is God, and they're going to even turn it more against Christians. It's going to happen. I don't know how long it's going to take. It's going to happen. So then they're going to pose this old alien up there, and they're going to say, well, this is really God, and what y'all are believing isn't the truth. 
I'm just telling you, what are you going to do? What are you going to stick to? Folks, we're getting down to the, where the rubber meets the road. This is, I'm, I'm telling you, your faith is going to be challenged. I don't know how long and everything's going to take place and how long this is going to go on. But if you think we're going to go turn back to the rosy, great golden eras and everything's going to be okay and we're just going to be rocking along and all you're thinking about is building a new house or a bigger house or a new car or this or that or the other, those days are gone. Forget it. Right now, you better be learning how to fight. You better be learning and be as sharp as you can on how to fight, how to use the word of God, who God is. You better get yourself planted like concrete. You better, you know, you better be, you better get yourself and get you, find you a, a kind of like a big giant round bowl and, and fill it full of concrete and step in it where you're just like one of those weeble things, you know, that no matter what happens, no matter how you get hit, no matter how you punch, you're just going to fall back into believing Jesus. Nope, stand back up. Oh, yeah. <sighs> We, I don't believe we've even yet to see the crazy happen. Okay? I believe the crazy that's coming has not even been ever thought of on the earth. Now, y'all are all thinking, has Pastor lost it? Been eating peyote or something? I'm just telling you, we can't mess around anymore, folks. We have to be rock solid. We have to know in whom we've chosen. And we have to stand up as Christians and say, no, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. End of story. I believe the Bible's true. Well, what about this? I don't know. I ain't going to argue with you. I just know it's true. And so you got to be rock solid. Because what you're going to see in the future is going to try to scare you into not walking in faith in Jesus. But you see, I'm, I'm one of these old guys. I didn't realize I was an, I realized I was an old guy until recently that I am no longer part of the young crowd. I've all, I, you know, it, it makes me sad because I don't feel that way in my heart. But uh, I realize that too much white hair has overcome me. But I'm just going to be one of these old guys that ain't giving up. I'm just going to be stuck and I want to keep preaching it until they could drag me out or try. And, and I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I know in whom I believe. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I want to keep preaching. I'm going to keep telling them that Jesus is real. You need to have a relationship with Jesus. Everything that looks crazy. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to yield. I'm not going to yield the word of God. I'm not going to change the word of God. I'm not going to compromise the word of God. Are y'all with me? You can't. I can't give up one piece of that. If I yield one piece of the word of God, one piece, well then, folks, you're on a slippery slope going down a rabbit hole that you do not want to go down. And I'm not going to try to justify it. I am not going to try to candy coat it. I'm not going to try to turn it around and get it like this and that. The word of God can stand on its own. Jesus can defend himself. All I got to do is preach it. Okay. But people right now are choosing not to live by faith, not to live by faith. They're choosing to live by sight. They're Christians and they're choosing to live by sight. They're li living by fear, living by emotion, living by anger. This is what they're living by. They're living by their choice and that they want it to be the way they want it to be. Right? Okay. But I choose to believe the first Thessalonians 5:24 that the God who called me, okay, who's faithful, he's going to do it. I believe God's going to pull it out. I believe we're going to laugh about it. The other day I was having a, a complaining session with the Lord. 
And he knows me. He knows it happens quite often. And I was having a complaining session with him. And he told me this, and it, and it shocked me. He said, Robert, you're going to be embarrassed when I do what I'm going to do. You're going to be embarrassed that you are believing like you are today. He said, you're going to be embarrassed. And I'm like, I bet I am. And I quickly repented and quickly got back right because I, I knew that was going to happen. God was going to do something and was going to make me look foolish, foolish in what I had thought, that he wasn't doing anything. God always does that. God is the God who backs his people up against the Red Sea, has the Egyptians coming on the other side of them, has an angel there as a flame of fire, and then he says, okay, let's part the sea. We don't think like that. We just want the Egyptians to get lost. Best we could come up with is that a sandstorm comes up, they get lost and can't find us. We would be saying that was God. Y'all know we're out there? Sandstorm just come over, blah, 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 and they got all their horses, went off the other way, and we never saw us. <laughs> we were just standing over there in the rocks, and see us. <laughs> that was God. God says, no, 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 y'all think too small. I want to back you up against the Red Sea. I want to back you up against somewhere there ain't no way out. I want to do something that no one's even heard of or ever thought of. I want to back, I want to open the sea up, create two walls, and have you go across on dry ground. I mean, really, can, would any of y'all thought of that one? Walk on water? I could have thought, I could have come up with that. But just literally in your mind, you're thinking, let's just suck up the sea, make it create a big wall, and we go across on dry ground? I'll be honest with you, that wouldn't have been in my thoughts. I mean, hailstones flying from heaven, knocking them off their chariots, yes. I could have come up with lightning strikes, a tornado comes up out of the desert and gets them all. I could have come up with that. I'd send a tornado, God. And he's not like it's the sea. Send a tornado, God. I can't believe you for a tornado, not the sea. But this is how we're living our Christian walk. We're trying to get God to do what we think, what we can believe for. When he really wants us to rest in him and trust him that he's going to do what he's going to do. And we're not going to have to be in the middle of it. He's just going to do it. Romans 4, 21, it says, And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he's also able to perform. I believe that what God has promised, he can perform. If God said, don't worry, I'm with you, then God's with us. If he says, don't worry, I got it under control, he's got it under control. Don't worry, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Then he's not going to leave me nor forsake me. But we get to looking by sight and saying, things don't look like they're going well. God, are you with me? But the promise is, he said, he'd never leave you nor forsake you. We think God's with us and if everything's going perfect, God must be with us. But that's not what the Bible teaches at all. The Bible teaches we're going to live in a world that is cursed. And we're going to walk in this cursed world, and things aren't always going to go well, but we're going to walk in this cursed world, but we're supposed to still be trusting that he's got us going through it. Amen. And that Jude 24, that he's going to present us faultless and, flame, fa faultless and flameless. <laughs> Thank God, flameless. Faultless and flameless. I like that one. No flame on me, Lord. Uh, Faultless and blameless before the presence of Almighty God, right? With exceeding joy. In other words, he's happy to do it. Not, eh, here's Robert. Next. 
That Philippians 1 and 6, a good work that he started in me, he's able to finish. So therefore, according to Hebrews 10.23, we're supposed to come boldly to the throne room of grace, right? Because we got this confidence that he's with us and we're going to come boldly into the throne room of grace. We're going to be prayer warriors. We're going to be prayer people. We're going to be people that have, we understand how the kingdom's in operation and what's going on. And we're up there making our petitions. All right. Now, I'm just going to try this real quick. I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to go over the points that I did Wednesday night. I'm just going to tell you what they are. And you can have to go back and listen to the message to get all that in there. But because I, 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 I want to go to a different turn. Uh, so the first thing I said is that if you're going to walk by faith and not by f- sight, the first thing that you have to learn to do is what 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, don't look at the things that are seen. That's the first thing you have to do. You have to look at the word, not the things that are seen. So the world says you're going down. You look at God's word and he says you're going up. You believe God's word. All right. The second thing is, is that according to Romans 4.17, that it says, uh, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did. You have to learn to speak the right words. You have to learn to talk God talk. You have to learn to speak what the word of God says. Don't get in agreement with what the world's saying. Hello? Don't get in agreement with what the world's saying. Don't go down there and do that. You're just going to find yourself discouraged. You're going to speak it out of your own mouth and discourage yourself. Okay? The third thing was, is that you had to start thinking the right thoughts. Okay? Because the biggest battle going on is in your mind. It is not. Listen, you think the battle, you know, is out there. The battle's in your head. You've already defeated yourself in your head. I don't know how many times something has come up over the, all the 28 years of pastoring this church has come up in, 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 in people's lives and whatever. And I sat and I thought and imagined and this and that and the other. And I got myself all on a stir and all that and then went to find out. And there really wasn't anything going on. And I was like, why did I get all out of sorts? There really wasn't nothing taking place. It all happened in my mind. Folks, most of the time you're having to deal with your own thinking. It's your own thinking. All right? So you got to learn to deal with that. Romans uh, 12, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, you know, it says that we're supposed to renew our minds. Amen? So then the fourth thing was is that according to Proverbs 133, it says, whoever listens to me will dwell in safely and be secure without the fear of evil. So we've got to learn to listen to the word. Tracy just said that, uh, 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 put the net on the other side of the boat. You've got to hear the word of the Lord, okay? You've got to learn to listen for God's voice, God's direction to you. The fifth one was, is according to Hebrews 10, 19, we have to move in confidence. You know, it says, therefore, having boldness to enter the throne of God. You've got to become constant. We can't be little milly mouth Christians. You've got to be a Christian that's willing to go to the throne of God, boldly declare what's yours. You've got to be a person that's not scared to pray. You've got to, you've got to be able to stand up, walk around your house, declare the word of God, speak the word of God, be open with your, your, your faith. Why did it get quiet all of a sudden? It was like the air got sucked out of here. I mean, I, I didn't think that was that big of a point, but I want to stay on it just because y'all did that. You may think that you're not called to the public ministry, like to get behind a pulpit and preach, but you are definitely called to be public in your home and to make a confession out of your mouth and let your ears hear what's coming out of your mouth and to stand up around your house saying, this is my house. I'm born again, washed in the blood of Jesus. This house belongs to Jesus. I am the ho- I am a child of God. I am not going to get sick. I am going to walk in health and prosperity because that's what my God promised me. You better be walking around your house talking like that. 
If you're not, I'm telling you, you're going to get defeated because you're going to hear the whisper of the enemy. And then you're going to be saying what the enemy's saying. So then you're walking around your your house saying, we're not going to make it. We're never going to. We're doomed. We'll never make it. We're going to die. Where it's this, I don't know. Life is so hard. And then as we good Christians do, when we get like that, we just want the rapture to happen. Right? And that's not really believing in the rapture by faith. It's just going and saying, I wish Jesus would come back. I can't live anymore like this. This is too hard. It's too difficult. I can't. Well, he called you and he created you and you were born for such a time as this. And so I guess he says that y'all are the ones that can make it. But you're going to have to get aggressive. You're going to have to get bold in your house. Husbands and wives, you can't have this relationship anymore where you're scared to pray around each other because you're scared. It's going to it's embarrassing. I'll tell you this little story. I know I've been there. When, when uh, my wife and I, when we had our second child, Joseph, and uh, he was born with a hernia. And the doctors told us that they needed to do an uh, operation on him and they would need to do it within a week. And I just asked the doctor, I said, is there any chance of something going wrong? And he said, there's always a chance of something going wrong when you're dealing with a newborn baby. And uh, I said, well, what's the odds? He says, oh, I said, this is really pretty good. It's 60, 40, he'll make it. I said, what? You're telling me there's a 40% chance my son could die from this surgery? He said, well, when you put a child under anesthesia, it's always a problem. So I freaked out. Now, I wouldn't say the time. All right? I knew God, and I knew Jesus, but I wouldn't say. And so I, 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 was, I panicked and went home and said, well, you ain't going to touch him. We took the kid home. I didn't know what to do. My godly mother-in-law and father-in-law always sending us little books, trying to get their son-in-law saved, you know? And... Uh, and there's a little old mini book, and, 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 I, and why they sent me this is just so hilarious. They had to have heard God, but it doesn't stand to reason. They sent me a book on laying on of hands for healing. I don't even know Jesus, but they sent me a book on how to lay hands on the sick and they'd be well. And so I got this little mini book, read it, read, got the prayer, carried it in there, walked over to my son, laying in the crib, put my hand on him. Look, see if my wife, she, I thought she was asleep, found out years later when I was telling this story, she wasn't. She's listening to me. <laughs> Laid my hands on my son, read it right out of the book. I, you know what exactly what the prayer said. I don't remember exactly what it said, but I prayed that prayer over him and said, okay, God, that's what your word says. And so now you got to do it. And put the book up. Took him back to the doctor the next day. Doctor went and examined him again. It was gone. Being the godly man that I was, I asked the doctor where to go. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, all I'm telling you is I prayed over the kid. Now he's, there ain't nothing there. So what happened? Did you misdiagnose him? Are you the problem? Are you an idiot? You don't even know what it looks like. And I jumped all over this poor doctor. This just ripped him to shreds. Till finally he gave me my kid back and said, get out of my office. Point is, God did what he said his word would do, even when I was not even a believer. But I was scared. Think of the stupidity. I was embarrassed to see my, my wife to see me pray because I thought it was like, you know, sissy. But I'm telling you, those things have got to get out of your life. And you better be getting down to the nitty gritty and you both better become radical Christians because what we're getting ready to walk through, I'm telling you folks, you better be ready. Otherwise, you're going to be standing on the porch with your mouth open watching the tornado come at you saying, golly, 
Look at that. And get swept away. You better be those people that are standing up right now saying, in the name of Jesus. It's time to get Pentecostal. Spit flying in your house, Pentecostal radical. Even if it is emotion, still better than sitting around not doing nothing. I've always said I'd rather have to pull you down off the walls than try to raise you from the dead. Okay? So that's what I said about you got to start moving in confidence. The, the sixth thing was, and i got to hurry up. I'm not even gotten to my points yet this morning. I'm preaching Wednesday's message. Uh, you got to remember that you're not of this world. You're not of this world, folks. You're just passing through this world. we got eternity. We're heaven. We're headed for. Amen? Amen? Okay, that was my six points. Now, I want you to go to Luke chapter 20, verse 9. This is where I was trying to get to this morning. Luke chapter 20, verse 9. Now, one of the things you need to realize is that you that made decisions to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, okay, you made a choice. Everybody say, I made a choice. Right? Choose this day whom you're going to serve. You made a choice. But in making the choice, you may not have read the fine print to really know what you were making a choice for. You just wanted to get saved. You believe Jesus is Lord and Savior. You didn't get all the fine print. But then you start reading the Bible. You say, oh, i got to be nice. I have to renew my mind. Oh, I can't walk like I used to walk. Oh, I'm supposed to give and not get. You ever, listen, there's nothing more selfless than, be, than being a Bible-believing Christian. There's no selfish. There is no self in this. I don't know if you read that. It's give and give and give and then give. Right? You don't get angry. You have to give love. This is what the Christian walk is called. You chose it because the only way to get Jesus and salvation is to get in the whole package. And this is part of the package. You have to learn to walk by faith. That's what all that's talking about. You have to learn to walk by faith. You say, well, I don't want to do it. Okay, now you're back to the person who's wanting to put their hand in the fire but don't want to be burned. And that's what's wrong with a lot of Christian churches today. They want to change their belief to line up with what is convenient for them and what they want, not what the Word says and going to stick to it and not apologize for it, not be ashamed for it, right? Okay, Luke chapter 20, verse 9. I'm going to read this story, this parable here he's talking about. He says, Then he began to tell the people this parable. A certain man planted a vineyard, leased it to vine dressers, and went into a far country for a long time. Now at the vintage time, he sent a servant to the vine dressers that he might give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the vine dressers beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Now, can you imagine this? You go to rent a building, lease a building for your business. You go in there, a person has built a building that just suits your office needs. You go to the building, you lease the building, you get in the building, you put your stuff in the building. Then he sends his person down there to collect the rent and you just beat him up. And think there's nothing wrong with it. That's what happened. Y'all see that? The story Jesus is telling, that is what happened. Let me read on. Okay. But the vine dressers beat him in a way. Okay. Again, he sent another servant. And they beat him also and treated him shamefully and sent him away empty handed. So there comes the second time to collect the rent. 
and they just beat him up. And they think this is normal business behavior. So then the owner of the vineyard said, what shall I do? Okay, I'll send my beloved son. Probably they will respect him when they see him. But when the vine dressers saw him, they reasoned among themselves saying, ah, it's the heir. Come, let us kill him that the inheritance may be ours. So they cast him into the vineyard and killed him. So now he sends his son to collect, thinking they'll respect the son. And their thinking was so skewed. Their thinking was, that's the heir. We'll kill him. And then the vineyard will be ours. Do you see how crazy their thinking was? Now listen to me. <clears throat> the world is on a course right now that has that kind of crazy thinking. We're looking at it. Us godly, and even if you just have morals in you, are looking saying, this is not right. Hello? But you got to understand something. The people that had leased the vineyard, they thought it was okay. Do you see that? In their thinking, it was okay. And so you say, how could they do that? We Christians have been walking around for a long time, these last few, couple of years, and we've been saying, gosh, I can't believe they did. They wouldn't really do something like that. They wouldn't do something like that. They wouldn't. That, that wouldn't. That, no. No. They wouldn't do that. But I'm telling you, there's the same spirit that was in those people that day. It's the same spirit that's today. Folks, how can you go... I, see, I can't believe it. If I went to a church service, I don't care. Listen to me. I don't care if they had two pots of snakes. I ain't getting around them. And as long as they weren't getting out of them pots, I might could stand there for a little bit. But if somebody was miraculously healed, if I saw miraculous healing, I would have to stop and say, mm, what's going on here? Because, you know, there's something happening, right? Uh, that, was, that was a God deal. I'd have to try to figure it out. But in Jesus' day, there was a man there sick with a withered hand, the woman that came in that was all humped over. Jesus healed him, and everybody got mad and said, we've got to figure out some way to kill that guy. He, he's actually doing work on the Sabbath, and he's not supposed to do that. Folks, that's nuts. To have your religious leaders going when they're, trying to, when they're, when they're crucifying Jesus and have their, your religious leaders running around saying, here, holler, kill him, kill him. Come on, y'all holler, kill him, kill him, kill him. It's just, it's wrong. You with me? So I don't, I'm not surprised that craziness is happening today and, 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 and wickedness is, is abounding today and people are doing wicked things. There's no sense in turning around and saying, I just can't believe they did that. Folks, it's always been around. All right? So now they got this. They send the, the son, the killing. And so look what happens here. Therefore, will the landowner of the vineyard do to, what will he do to them? He will come and he will destroy the vine dressers, give the vineyards to others. And when they heard it, they said, oh, certainly not. What? Do you see that when Jesus is speaking to this, he's talking to them in this parable, this story, but he's really addressing the hard heartedness of the people of the day, not yielding themselves to truly the spirit of God. And that Jesus is already prophesying his death for the, for the forgiveness of sins. And he said he's going to abolish that and get rid of it. And you know what? They knew what he was talking about, but they screamed, certainly not. Then he looked at them and he said, what then is this that is written? 
The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Now, here, here you go. Whoever falls on that stone will be broken. But on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. What we're seeing going on and what we're going to see start taking place more and more again, folks, is this to me. It's going to get split. There's no more gray area. There's no more riding the fence. You're either a Christian or you're not. And I'm telling you, they don't think they're going to get ground to powder. But the word says that we're going to be broken. We've got to yield, get up our old selfish ways. We've got to quit doing and wanting God to do what we want him to do and start saying, God, what do you want me to do? We've got to be broken. But on the other side, oh, those poor suckers. I feel sorry for them because they are going to get ground to powder. Last scripture. Isaiah 40, verse 1. It's a great chapter. You should just, anytime you feel discouraged, go read Isaiah 40, 41, 42. Oh, man. If you can't get excited over that, you know, you're probably not saved. Isaiah 40, verse 1. He says, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says the Lord. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended and that her iniquity is pardoned. For she has received the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. Now we know that that was the, the word coming from John the Baptist, right? Okay. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all the flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What my prayer is, is that the glory of the Lord is going to be revealed. That's what my prayer is. My prayer is going to be right now that God's going to start moving in such a way that people are either going to run or they're going to run to him. All right. He says, then look at this part. For the mouth of the Lord is spoken. The voice said, cry out. And he said, well, what am I going to cry out? Right. I mean, you should ask. That's a good point to make here. When God says, cry out, say something, you should stop right there and ask, what do you want me to say? Rather than just launching off the top of your head, first thing comes off, just. He says, okay, all flesh is grass. And all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades because of the breath of the Lord blows upon it. In other words, I'm in control. If I go, it withers. I'm God. I'm the God that measures the sea in the palm of his hand. I'm the God that knows how much dirt's on the earth. I'm the God that measures the heaven with just the span of his hand. The nations are nothing but a drop in the bucket. That's who I am. Then it says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. I believe that. Hear what I'm saying? I believe it. I believe my Bible's true. I, I, I know that there's all kinds of people talking and arguing about different translations and stuff, and I don't really care what translation you're reading. I, I believe the Bible's true. I believe that, that, oh yeah, that could be some word that's a little, but if you read your whole Bible and you read it over and over and over again, okay, you would learn the spirit of who God is and who God isn't. 
And so if there was a word that kind of was maybe misleading or whatever, you're going to catch it. You're going to say, yeah, that ain't quite right. Because you know him. All right? You know him. And his word's going to prove true. And for those that don't believe it's true, you're going to get lost. You're going to get swept away in the flood that's coming. And it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. And it's not going to be pretty. And you're not going to like it. And you better turn right now and repent and go back and start serving the Lord. Because that's your only chance. That's only all of that's all of our chances right there. It's all we have is that. Amen. So you chose it. You chose to be a Christian. And this is the life we live for him. You chose it. So quit complaining. Learn, grab hold of it, embrace it, walk in the power of the gospel, and watch what God will do for you. Amen? Well, won't you stand up? Close your Bibles. For all of you out there watching, listening, I just want you to know Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. We studied this last week, Lamentations 3.22, the steadfast love of the Lord, it endures forever. It never stops Every morning it's fresh and anew, stretched out towards you. And I want you to know God loves you. And no matter where you are, no matter if I said this message and, it's, and, and something's made you angry or whatever, listen, stop and hear the truth of the word. You need Jesus in your life. There is no other way, folks. There is no other way except a life with Jesus. And I want to implore you, those of you out there watching, everybody that's in here today, if you're not sure that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, you're not sure that if, you, that, that if you died today, you're going to go to heaven. You don't know that if you're really right with God. Maybe it's just all kind of been a, I don't know, just a little click, a little association, a little something being a Christian. You never have really understood what the real true meaning is. Well, then today you need to make that decision. You need to be like Joshua said, you need to make a choice. Matter of fact, can I have my prayer team come down right now and, be, and, and just be up here? If you're out there watching, well, then right there in your home, you can ask Jesus to come into your life. All you got to do is just open your mouth and begin to cry out to him and say, Lord, I want you in my life. I believe, Jesus, you are the son of God. If you're in here today, I just want to encourage you, do not leave this building if you're not 100% sure that Jesus is truly the Lord and Savior of your life. Don't walk out of this building today. If you're not sure that if you died, you'd go to heaven. That's why we have a prayer team up here. They'll pray with you. They'll, sit, they'll agree with you. And, and, and you can meet Jesus today. But for those of you out there, listen, just call out and say, Jesus, come into my heart. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died for me. I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And he'll touch you right where you are. I want to pray for all of y'all in here, you good godly Christians, those of you that Maybe this morning you got a little shocked because you, you, you thought maybe I stepped on your toes a little bit. Uh, I, I hope I bruised them up by the Holy Ghost good. And that you're going you're gonna to take these points and you're going to go ahead and become a radical Christian and start living for Jesus with all your heart. You're going to get vocal in your house. You're going to get confidence in your house. You're going to be walking around there saying, Jesus is Lord. Amen. Buy you a three-gallon sprayer full of anointing oil and just spray it everywhere. I don't care, whatever it takes. But this is the days to live for. Amen? 
So I want to pray for you. Father, I pray over every person right now, every person at the sound of my voice. I ask you, Lord, right now today to bless them, to let this message sink down on the inside of them, that they make a choice for you, that, Lord, they live for you with all of their hearts, that, Lord, no longer are we going to be ashamed of the gospel. Lord, we're not ashamed of you. We're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of being Christians. But today I pray for boldness to overcome these believers. Everyone listening to the sound of my voice, boldness to rise up on the inside of them. That, Lord God, as they walk in the face of this earth, they will lead people to you. They will be lights in the midst of darkness. They will be set forth, Lord God, to learn and to grow and to know your word, because that's what's never going to fade. It's never going to go away. So bless them today, Lord God. Give us just a divine appointments this week and let, our, let Lord us be used by you. And we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're here to pray for you and have a blessed Mother's Day.